In the United States silences Mexico to win the CONCACAF Nations Cup. Welcome to Did Someone Say Soccer? And I'm your host, Nate. I'm with the homie Angel and my brother Jordan. Say what up, boys. What up, boys? What's up? All right. It's about to be one of those podcasts where we're just going to have to take it, Angel. Mm. All right. All right. So let's... This is how it's going to go down today. We are going to do some trash talking with Jordan. Our whole basic show is going to be USA versus Mexico. We're going to break it down, talk about it, and give our thoughts. Then we're going to go into Angelito's Taco Shop. So those of you who do not know what trash talking with Jordan is, it is when a listener DMs us a question, and I ask Jordan, and he gives it to us on the fly. So, but this question, we know the person because he is in our group chat about stocks and he is a huge LAFC fan. He's a drummer for them and he asked us to talk about how much longer does Bob Bradley have for LAFC? Jordan? Oh, dude, I love this question, dude. Anytime a listener wants to give me an MLS question, I'll knock it out of the park. Here we go, boys. He's ready. Buckle up, strap in, let's get after it. All right, so Robert Bradley, your time's up. Get out. You know who's coming for your job? Mr. Conte. He's leaving Inter Milan. He's leaving that Serie A. Who gives a shit where he's leaving? He's coming to the LAFC. He's going to try and turn it around. And Don Garber's going to give him $52 billion. And it's not even going to matter because everybody knows the best team in LA is Angel City. So get out of here. It doesn't matter who they get. They're <laughs> never winning a trophy. If he wants to succeed, you should go coach somewhere in Liga Mekis. Damn. What'd you think of that, Angel? Um, well, he hasn't produced any results, so I do think it's time for them to replace Bob Bradley. Uh, I think uh, I was looking at the rankings for the MLS, and LAFC was like 13. They've been playing pretty bad. Um, even with Vela back, they're just not, they're not what they were before. And um, something's not working, so you need to change the coach and see if, uh, you know, a new strategy or something because it's just not working anymore and it's time to cut the cord. And like Jordan usually says, it seems like they always want to show LAFC like winning and they pretty much want to hand them the title because, you know, it's LA, it's a new team. But it's not going to happen with, with this coach. It's, this team doesn't really care. Like when Carlos Vela doesn't play, they don't try. So, I mean, they, they've been in the spotlight for quite some time and now everyone's seeing their flaws seattle's the real team to be worried about to repeat because you know they've been a powerhouse for many many years and just when you think they're going down they come back up with some good players and they're always there competing so the biggest talk about lafc is that they need a forward does anybody come into mind who you guys think that lafc should go after jordan yeah really holland (laughs) (laughs) let's let's not be delusional here (laughs) 
Which one, Erlen Holland or Angel? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Angel, who do you think LASC should go after? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, there's so many options available right now. And if you really want to get rid of Bob Bradley, you don't let him choose who you want to come in. You get rid of him first and let the new management take over and decide what they think is best. Sounds like LAFC scouting team is going to have to do some work. All right, so let's get into the match that we've been waiting all weekend to talk about. At least Jordan has. So <laughs> the United States beats Mexico 3-2 to two in 120 minutes. This was a hell of a game right off from the start. Tecatito comes in clutch right away. Jordan, what were you thinking right away? Dude, my first thought was, damn, here we go again. This is going to be one of those games, 4 or 5 nothing by halftime, 7 nothing by the end of the game. You know, everyone's going to be chanting to get Greg out of there, and it's just going to be an embarrassment. Luckily, that wasn't the case. Angel, my man, how punk are you? 45 seconds into the game, you guys are up one nothing. You know I was pumped because... I was already messaging you guys. Uh, my channel was slightly ahead of your guys's, and you guys were like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was just shit-talking to Jordan and Derek and Blake and everyone. I was like, what's up? Like, it's not even two minutes, and we're already looking unstoppable. Uh, USA was handing the ball away. They were playing terrible. It looked like it was going to be a blowout, especially with that second goal that came in for Mexico. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, we were all cheering and, kind of talking a lot of shit to, you know, well, you guys, but you guys got the last laugh. As soon as I saw Tecatito was going to be starting this game, I immediately went to DraftKings and I placed a bet that he would score. I should have placed a bet that he would score first, but I still won some good money on that bet. I was pretty happy when he put that in because the last game I thought that he should have been playing, but maybe Tata was... Resting him for this game. Who knows? So the game goes on. And what are you thinking, Jordan? You're seeing the play. Dude, you know, there's so much positive that I want to say about this game, but I kind of want to get some of the negative shit out of the way first. All right? So first and foremost, I understand the thought process that Zach Steffens is our goalie. You know, he's the backup for Man City. He's won a trophy. You know, he was very good in the MLS. But the kid doesn't start many games for Manchester City. And what you're telling these other cats is that if you are a backup goalkeeper on a dominant team, you are good enough to be on the MLS team, national team roster. I mean, it, it just kind of it's a slap in the face to everybody who's not kind of consistently playing you said MLS. Did you have your hand up? Yeah, you said MLS national roster. That's what it should be. It should be the MLS national roster. It would have been 52 to 0. But, uh, and then on top of that, I don't understand Greg's uh, mentality process. You know, you have Anthony Robinson, who's younger and better, but you play Tim Ream for quote unquote experience okay sure i can kind of get behind that sure but one thing i cannot understand and you know credit to this kid for stepping up and playing out of his mind kellen acosta from colorado rapids Un unbelievable you know the job he did he was he just came in and he played right but you mean to tell me 
that Giannis Musa can't get on the pitch. So if you're going uh, comparison to comparison, you're saying, in essence, that Kellen Acosta can start where Musa plays for Villarreal or, uh, yeah, no, wherever the Valencia. Kellen Acosta can start for Valencia, but Giannis Musa cannot start for Colorado Rapids. To me, that mindset is just astronomically flawed, okay? And then, so Mexico goes up 2 nothing. Luckily, VAR saved our skin time and time again in this game. But throughout the game, it's just something like I talked to you about. USA was missing the it factor, and I could not place my finger on it. What was going through your guys' head as Mexico for the first 15, 20 minutes was just spanking that ass? Well, um, at the beginning, like, uh, well, this is the kind of game that I like to see. Uh, I'm more uh, all offense, and both of these defenses are playing bad. So it was uh, a game where the offenses were showing up, defenses were looking crappy. Uh, the USA had a lot of chances at the beginning as well, where they were getting close. It, it was just bad defenses on both sides. And those are the kind of games that are exciting to watch, at least for me, because it's not all defense. It's not just kicking the ball out. It's not stuffing the box to, you know, defend. It was it was pretty crazy game. I think this has been probably the best game in maybe that I've seen in like the last 10 years or so between these two teams. And I could see this going to be this exciting moving forward because both teams are going to get better and they, they are the only two powerhouses in the CONCACAF. So they're going to see each other quite a bit. I just hope that Mexico doesn't fall behind when producing talents because of how their uh, the Liga MX is, where the owners don't don't really want to sell their players to the European teams, and they want to if they do sell them, they overprice them so they can make huge money. But they're hurting the national team by keeping all those players in just in Mexico. They're not giving the experience. It's a different style of play in, in Europe and. Uh, the United States, you know, they have a lot of players going out there and they're coming back and bringing all that experience here to the MLS guys, which is boosting boosting their talent. And um, Mexico is going to get left behind if they don't at least try to make their players go play international and help the country improve. But does it matter after watching this game if you play on a big club or not? I mean, half the players for Mexico were Liga Mex players they're not international players they're not playing for the barcelona's the chelsea's the you the juve's uh the biggest player i mean the biggest club that mexico represented was what napoli or or porto i mean but somehow, it was atletico atletico yeah <laughs> but they're still not on the the same level as these other clubs the man cities the the Dortmunds, the Barcelonas. I mean, did did this game show that it doesn't matter where you play as long as you come out ready? I think this game had the biggest, um, like, the biggest flaws for the U.S., you know, because we have some of the most prolific players on the pitches, you know, based off club size. It showed that, no matter what club you're at, if you have world-class talent around you, you're going to look good. But when you come and play with, you know, not everybody on the U.S. men's national team was um, 
playing overseas. So it, you could see the variant of just skill level. It also shows that if you guys aren't all playing similar styles of ball, then it doesn't matter because we couldn't complete passes at times. We looked just fucking lost. And you could see, you could see McKinney playing a Serie A style. You could see Serginho playing um, the the La Liga style. You could see Pulisic uh, and um, Tim Ream playing Premier League. You could see everybody else playing a German style. It just doesn't mesh well when you have all these big clubs playing different styles and the only time they actually play together is once every, you know, uh, national duty. So, I don't know, man. It you know, Mexico had majority of the ball, but how many of these guys play the same style? I like that Jordan brought that uh, brought that up. Kristen Pulisic didn't do much. He he got an assist on the on that corner. Horrible mistake by Chaka for pretty much gifting that corner, which let the USA tie the game. But he he was. Um, being advertised as the savior for the U.S. because he scored the penalty, but it's like, where were you the rest of the game? Where was, um, you know, where was all this skill that you know you were supposed to bring after winning the Champions League? That's all they were talking about was like Captain America. He's gonna come through, but during the game, he didn't do much. It was more Weston McKinney and uh, you know other players that were that? doing really well. <laughs> you know who, Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, when Weston McKinney scored, Angel texts me and he goes, oh, God, we're going to hear it all. That's right, Boises. And he showed during this game that as much as uh, Kristen Pulisic is the sexier name, this and that, Weston McKinney's a dog, man. If I have Gio Reyna and Weston McKinney in my midfield, Kristen Pulisic, I mean, come on, man, you got to step your game up when these two are together. Kristen Pulisic is the kind of person I like to play against. You go in hard right away, get his head, get him pissed, get him angry, and he gets in his head. For the 120 minutes that were played, he did jack shit out there. He was, you could almost, you almost forgot that he was even out there. But when he put that PK, that's the only thing he had going for him. And it was a, I'm not going to hate it. I know, I'm not going to hate. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. And that was a gorgeous PK, top titties. It was it was clutch. On the other hand, I did not like how Mexico started this game. This is the second time I've seen this false nine. And we saw it against Wales um, back in, I believe it was, what, March, Angel? And it did not fare well for Mexico. So going into this, and I see uh, Chucky Lozano up top, I see... Tecatito on the left, and I see Antuna on the right. And first thing coming to me, coming to my mind is, damn, we're doing this goddamn false nine again. And then I did not want to see Antuna out there because I think Antuna is a great sub to come on. And it was Charlie Rodriguez in the middle, and I was not, I'm not a fan of him either. So... But then when we got that goal right away, I was like, all right, something can happen here. Here we go. Let's do this. I think that if we would have scored that second goal would have kept, then it would have been a completely different game. Uh, I would have liked to see either 
Henry Martinez out there or Polino starting and having Chucky and uh, Tecatito coming at the sides as wingers. Now, how much of this would have changed, though, if Raul Jimenez didn't break his face? You know, like, he's your solid number nine, so there's no reason to play a false nine. So is this Tata just kind of filling in the blanks until World Cup? Well, previous game, Henry Martin didn't, Henry Martin didn't uh, um, do anything. He hasn't done anything when, he, when he's put on the, the Mexico colors, which is very disappointing. I mean, I, like, I, I'm rooting for this guy. I want this guy to succeed. I like this guy. He does good for America, and I want to see what he does for America for the national team. And he hasn't done anything, and this is a big game. So who's he going to trust? He's going to trust Chucky Lozano, who's on fire at the moment, to lead the line. And what would happen if uh, Raul Jimenez would have been starting? You would have had Chucky, and you would have had Tecatito taking people on and creating from the sides. Chucky would have been going at Serginho Dest, and Serginho Dest would have been subbed 15 minutes into the game. He wouldn't have been subbed at halftime. It would have been 15 minutes. And then Tecatito would have been same thing, doing what he did all game, taking people on. You saw it right away from 30 seconds in. He was already taking that side on. He took on McKenzie right away. Uh, so what do you think, Angel? Um, I I agree with the Henry Martin thing. I feel like he's exactly like Cordova. They ball out for America, but when it comes to the national team, they kind of take a step back. Uh, they they do not. I don't agree with the lineup either. I think there was better options. I didn't like Antuna starting. I prefer him coming in as well as a sub. Uh, Lines came in, made a difference right away. Scored that goal. Um. I mean, it, it's just—it's a different team with uh, Linus in there. He, he's really pacey, and I think that once he came in, he ch- he changed the the tempo again. And Mexico was going hard at the beginning uh, of the second half, and you know it was all it, it, the substitutions made sense. But it's like, why don't you start with those players instead? It makes a difference when um, when now now the U.S. has fresh legs as well on defense. You should start, like you said, tire them out first. It, with the players that they had, they could have uh, started better players and uh, outpaced the U.S., get, get them tired, and uh, it could have been a different game right off the start. But another thing, it's like, it's so disappointing to see Mexico constantly give up corner goals. Like, all these, both of them were on the corner and uh, Memo saved like three, and it's like he he was like crazy stopping him right in his face last second, and it could have been the U.S. could have been up just by trying to get corners because Mexico had no nothing like they had no defense on the corners. The only time I think the U.S. did a bad corner was when they kicked it wrong and it went straight like it didn't even go up in the air, it just went straight down and hit like the Mexico player that was standing there. But they don't have anyone right there to do their job like come on if, if you play your corners well this game is there's nothing the u.s wasn't scoring like they were they were getting close but uh Ochoa was blocking everything the, the united states did what they had to do and 
they took advantage and they picked apart and they showed Mexico's weakness and set pieces. Mexico dominated the game and from open play, but when it came down to um, set pieces, it was a disaster, a disaster. And United States took full advantage of that. They couldn't do anything during open play, but when it came down to um, set pieces, they were on fire. And it just shows the weakness for Mexico. And Mexico produces these world-class athletes from forward to midfield, but then you don't hardly hear anybody from the defense. Last person I can remember that was outstanding defender is Rafa Marquez, and that's he, his time is way over. And it, I think it's time that Mexico needs to start thinking about not only offense, but defense also. I think that we saw the changing of the guard when uh, Gordalo came out there. Don't get me wrong. I love Gordalo. Gordalo is one of my favorite players, all-time favorite, all-time favorite Mexico players. But, bro, it's time to give it up. It's time to move on. And we saw who team, whose team this really is, and it's Chucky Lozano's team now. You give him the armband and you let him lead going into the World Cup 2022. And Gordalo, he can be there on the bench, but I don't see a role for him in the midfield anymore. I give credit to the United States. They prolonged that penalty kick towards the end. It probably took him 10 minutes to go out there and shoot that. And as soon as he took that 100-yard step, I knew he was going to miss it. He was almost at the tuck, at the halfway line running up to the penalty spot. It's like, dude, really? He gave so much time for the goalie to react on that, and he didn't even react in time, and it was a horrible penalty. I give props to the backup keeper that came in. He came in, destroyed it, by far the player of the game for the United States. And listening to his interview on ESPN, he said that him and uh, Zach Steffens watched like 45 minutes of straight penalty kicks from uh, Mexico. So he was well prepared. They did their homework, and that's all that matters. And they came in clutch. Yo, I know we're not going to gloss over some things real fast, all right? Uh, one, 18-year-old little Gio Reyna putting it in, man, has the same amount of goals as his papa had. That's crazy at 18 years old. Also, Weston McKinney getting it done in the air, man. A little man, like pit bull out there, taking on defenders left and right, putting it in the back of the net. Kristen Pulisic scoring a goal. That was nice. That's what you want. You want your star players coming in. Ethan Hovart, man, coming in right off the bench. Uh, Diego Linas, Mexican Messi, comes in, puts it off to the side, man. It was a great goal. He nutmegged two people. Like, what? Yeah, dude, kid was good. You know, I then I was like, this keeper's coming in on a cold off the bench, man. This is going to be a disaster. And then he comes in, he makes more saves than Zach Steffen does, kind of looks over at Steffen and says, man, I don't know if it's your job anymore. You're going to have to come fight me. But then while he's saying that, he's looking like a goofy person out there, just dangling his arm, sticking his chest, his little gut out. I mean, it was cool. He was a cute little kid, whatever. But then he comes in and makes the biggest play of it all, man. He stops a PK and not just, like, pushes it out. Like, he stopped it cold. It was a terrible PK. But, man, dude came up big. And then he still had to make saves after that, you know. 
But let's talk about something real fast, all right? Crazier moment. Homeboy jumping onto the announcer's table when it was uh, Gucci and it was Clint Dempsey and Charlie Davis and then jumping off the platform down the stage, you know, I don't know if you guys saw that, it was just insane, or old homeboy trying to run across the field. Or <laughs> Gooch telling the, the Medica girl that he's going <laughs> to choke her on national television. Are you serious? Uh. So... It was it was an intense game. It was it was good. It had it all. I'm glad I didn't go. But was, <laughs> I mean, how do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about the uh, the stoppage of play for the chance? Well, like I said before, I told Angel and I told the guys this is what it's going to come down to. Like Mexico's going to have to hire crowd control for this, in in order for it to come through to stop. They're going to have to hire crowd control and they're going to have to have the security is going to have to be able to remove these people because I don't think them stopping the game is going to matter anymore. No one's going to care. They're drunk. Who cares? You need security. If you're going to threaten them to kick them out of the game, that's when it's going to matter the most. And this chant is so old that some of these some of these fans have been going to Mexico games so long that it's just natural when it comes to the stuff like this. So it, it, I can understand how it's hard. It doesn't, don't get me wrong. It doesn't belong in the game anymore. And, but I think it's going to have to come down to crowd control. Uh, it is going to have to come down with someone being in the stand with these fans because we know, like, especially after that, that penalty, Pulisic knew what he was doing. He intentionally went to go taunt the, the fans, and they started throwing stuff, which is not acceptable. I mean, they hit, was it Reyna, and they hit Henry Martin. Reyna got some kind of, uh, I don't know if it was like, a, like a, he got hit in the head too, but I don't know what, what he got. Like, they were checking him for a concussion or something. But you don't do that. I mean, you got to respect the game. And just because you're losing doesn't mean it gives you the right to start throwing um, alcohol or bottles, whatever. Sometimes even piss. Like, they piss in the bottle, they throw it at the players, whatever they're doing. Uh, that's not right. And um, we, we've been seeing it right now with the NBA finals. That they're kicking out these players. They're getting arrested. I know that the guy that hit... Uh, Reyna got arrested, and he's no longer allowed to go to the games. Th this is the kind of stuff they're going to have to start doing if they want to control the crowd. Because we can't say it's because they're drunk. Because we have the Germans who are always drunk, and they <laughs> act better. <laughs> they know how to con you know control themselves. And um, I get it that it's the passion, and you you know he he went to go taunt them, but it's like you got to be above that. They they're athletes. And you just like you wouldn't want that had to happen to your players, you should respect other players as well and not throw shit at them and, you know, kind of just grow up. It's a game. Don't, don't be attacking people. 
You know, I'm all for that. You know, if I was Chris and Polistic and I put that up for 90, I want all the smoke. You want to take a pee in the bottle? Fine, throw it on me. You want to take a poop in the bottle? Fine, throw it on me. You want to throw 100 in the bottle? Throw it at me. I don't care, man. I just put you guys out. Shut up. Make it rain. It's more embarrassing when you guys start throwing bottles and shit at your own fans and you start hitting your own players because you guys are getting beat. Boo-hoo. Grow up, man. Get used to it because it's about to happen for the next 35 years, all right? Welcome to the other side. Calm down. (laughs) Pipe down a little bit there. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you guys are going to have to score on all your set pieces because you guys can't do anything from the field. Yeah, so, I want to talk to you guys about that, too. You know, did Sargent do enough to solidify him as the number nine? Because to me personally, I don't see the appeal, man. I know people are hyped for him, and I want to be – Josh, I want to be on your team, man. But I just don't see it. I don't know what you bring – that a Daryl DK can't, or that a Jossie Zardes can't. I mean, I get it. Jossie plays for the greatest team in the world, and he probably doesn't have time for the U.S. Men's National Team. Shout out to Columbus. But at the same time, you know, what are you doing that's so great? Burholter loves him. I mean, the coach likes you. Hey, you're going to be out there. I mean, why isn't DK out there? I mean, it's just... I'm in. I'm. I'm there with you, Jordan. I don't understand it either. I also want. I also want to ask you guys this: Did this game bring back that rivalry feeling? Because there for a while it was just Mexico kicking the U.S.'s ass every time. But this game felt like it had more than just a little bit of taunting here and there. Like there was like in your face. Like it kind of felt like back in the day. It's hard to say because, I mean, this is the first time the U.S. wins. We all know it was a little controversial. The bar helped quite a bit and penalties. I mean, I don't know. It felt like it was an exciting game just based on the, you know, the plays. And like I said, there's no defense. But in order for it to start being a rivalry again, it had to have been a dominant win by the U.S., which is not what I saw. I'm... I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. It was needed. It was needed from the United States to show up and to wake up Mexico and for Mexico to wake up the United States. Because if Mexico is dominating the CONCACAF and the United States is nothing, then we're not strong. But when Mexico and the United States are dominating the CONCACAF, then we're strong as a unit. And that's what we need going into the World Cup. We can't be embarrassed going into the World Cup when we're playing against the European powerhouses or the Asian powerhouses and whatnot, or the South American. We have to be strong. And it showed it showed what the United States needs to work on. They need to work on their if they're gonna if they're gonna play from the back, out the back, then they need to get better. They need to be able to to put a ten yard pass to somebody. And just like if Mexico are going to be giving up corner kicks and free kicks, then they're going to have to be able to defend them. And it, it showed, which is great. But now when the qualifiers actually happen and when it when something is on the line, then we're going to see who the best is and who's going to rise to the occasion. I think this game showed 
it humbled both sides. I mean, obviously, if you're an American right now, you are on cloud nine, you're super cocky. But it shows that we're not going to win the World Cup with what we have. We still need something. We still need that it factor to come aboard. And then if you're Mexico, if you're a Mexico fan, I think it humbles you because let's look at the recent string of performances. You guys have the one nothing game against Wales. You have the 2-1 against Iceland. You have the one nothing against Costa Rica and then the shootout against Costa Rica. And now you just lost 3-2 to the United States. I mean, if you go through the FIFA rankings right now, it's not like these teams that you're playing or the United States, whoever, that these are perennial powerhouses. You guys were nine points ahead of us in the FIFA ranking. I mean, I know we have the, the names and the teams and all that, but, you know, in theory, nine rankings ahead of us. I, I think that it shows that both, like you said, you are right. We need to get better as a unit. And any time that Canada wants to step their shit up and make it even more of a competition, I'm all for it, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I think it's about time that we bring that World Cup trophy to North America. I honestly think it was a wake-up call for Mexico. And it's going to show... I think the Olympics are going to show who's going to be the next players to step up. And this is something I would have liked to seen for the United States. But... It's going to be the changing of the guard and players like Guardado, they're going to be out of there. It's, it's going to be, if we're going to run that false nine coming to the World Cup, I want to see, I want to see Lozano, I want to see Chucky in the middle, I want to see Tecatito on the left, I want to see Alexa Vega on the right, I want to see them guys attacking with Cordova in the, in the middle, with, you know what I'm saying? Just, I want to see the young guys step up and ready to play. Just like for the United States. All right. We got anything else we want to talk about for the United States-Mexico match? All right. So let's go into Angelito's Taco Shop. All right. So I want to talk about... The Euros coming up and specifically about the group of death, group F, which has Germany, Portugal, France, and Hungary. Um, I My friends invited me to do a Euro fantasy app. And, you know, it's, I, was, I was doing this. There's like a bracket that, you know, you predict who's going to win. And I was doing this today and I was I was looking at what everyone else has predicted and and everyone's predicting France to take it all, which is obviously easy pick to pick France because they're just so dominant in every position. Um, and as I was doing this, I was, you know, putting who like who I think would win the tiebreakers because some of the third place teams get to advance. And after I did this, I predicted that France would lose to England in the final, which is not something. I would have initially thought of until I did this bracket. And um, I don't know. I have a feeling that Mbappe is going to get hurt. If it's like, he's going to get hurt somewhere in the semis or something. And I'm not sure if I trust the rest of this French, this French team to, um, to take out this England team, which has really good defenders. I mean, we know that these defenders are in, you know, they're, they're in the man cities. 
and Chelsea's was just um, they were just in the Champions League final and they are top teams of the Premier League. Uh, I surprisingly had one of my favorites, uh, Belgium, not not making it past France, which was surprising because uh, I predicted France, uh, Belgium to win the last World Cup when we all knew Hazard was on fire, he was looking good. He's not that player anymore, and Lokaku has it, but who else is going to help him up there? So it was interesting to see all this, and I'm going to – I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because – I want uh, our listeners to go on our go on the DSSS um, Instagram post when we upload this pod and kind of predict who you think is going to win and what player will have most goals in this tournament. So who do you think is going to win the hero, so, Jordan? All right, so my dark horse, uh, give me Turkey. You know, I like the way they play. I think it's going to be a solid, solid little run for them. All right, who I think's going to win? You know, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be France, even though they have all the power. I don't think that Portugal, I don't know why Group F's the group of death. I get it because Portugal has a big name. Everybody already knows that Ronaldo is shopping for a new team, and he's over here searching the MLS to see which team I want to go to. So he doesn't care about the Euros. He's already trying to buy a pad in Miami. And who Bruno Fernandez is going to show up for them? No show for Fernandez. He's still reeling over the 22 PKs that he had to witness. So, no, uh, Portugal, early exit. Get out of here. So, if I had to guess, man, you know, I'm going to say uh, probably Germany. Germany's going to pull away with it. I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with my first bet, and that's going to be Portugal, man. I like what I see from them. I they still got Jota. They still got Joanne Felix. They have uh, Ruben Neves, Neto. They still got a massive squad. When you got Ruben Diaz scoring from defense back there, it's they got a solid squad. And when Ronaldo wants to show up, he can just show up like that. But if it's going to be if they have to qualify out of that group in order to win. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. And France, France is only good when Antonio Griezmann is doing good. And he's going to have to show up. And you know what? In order for Conte to win the Bullen d'Or, they're going to need to win the Euro. No Euro, no Bullen d'Or for Conte. Well, then I changed my vote. Let's go France. Skip it up. All right, guys, so let's go into final thoughts. Angel. Um, just my final thoughts are just, I can't wait for these Euros, man. Uh, finally, good to see some more competitions. That since, you know, we saw all these other ones just finish and the Olympics coming up, it's just good to see where every country is at at the moment. And um, I know the rankings are going to change based on this tournament. So I want to see which powerhouses are going down and which teams are moving on up. Oh, yeah, dude. Final thoughts for me. You know, I'm so pumped that all this international play is winding down so we can get to the real heart and soul of soccer, and that is the Major League Soccer because I 
I, I try to watch it this weekend and there's no games going on. You know, with the Olympics coming up, obviously the U.S. didn't want to qualify because they didn't want to take away from the quality of the MLS. So I appreciate that. Good looking out, Greg. But let's go, man. I'm excited to see how the crew turn it around, you know, ride the win streak, repeat his chance, and then sail off into the sunset as the greatest team in the entire universe. You know what? Fuck both of you because you get a segment, you get a segment, I don't get a segment. And you know what? I think we're... I should get a segment and it's going to be movie time with Nate and movie time with Nate there. If you go on Netflix right now, Baggio has a movie out and it shows his life story as he, as a kid. And it was really good. Depressing because it showed the 94 world cup when he missed the, the tying goal, um, for the PK, he skied it. And it just haunted him for the rest of his life for Italy. And when his, his dad told him that he was going to be, he was going to win the World Cup against Brazil for, for Italy. And he ends up going to the World Cup final to play Brazil to shoot a PK in the final and he skies it. It's just heartbreaking. But you guys get a chance. You guys got 90 minutes to spare. Go on Netflix and go watch this show. This doc—it's like a documentary movie about Baggio. So I want to say thank you guys for listening. We're gonna have a different cast next week. Jordan's gonna go on vacation, so it's gonna be Angel, me, maybe Derek, maybe we'll have Rico on here. But we're gonna—we're still gonna give you guys some more content. Maybe we'll start talking about books. Jordan wants to talk more about MLS. Maybe we'll start, start talking about the NWSL more. Uh, make sure you guys go on DSSS Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us and we will start letting you guys know when we are posting stuff out there. I know Angel's going to be glued to the Euros. So... He's going to have lots of stuff for us. Uh, Mexico plays Nigeria. Was it July 3rd? Angel's going to be there. So he's going to be... He's going to be sending us pictures and everything. I wish I could be there. But it's going to be a hard sell. Because it's my wife's birthday that day. So I don't know if I can get away with that. Or not. You can. You guys are going to Nigeria? (laughs) I mean, if you want to call LA, LA Nigeria. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we got YouTube coming. So be ready for that. We're going we're gonna to start doing some live shows. We're going to do some uh, watch alongs. We got lots in store. We got a lot in store for us. So make sure you guys tell your friends and tell your family. See ya. Happy Pride Month, everybody!